0: Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex
1: Cook. As we do on a Tuesday, we always like to check in with Alex Cook. From Wealth With Purpose, our Ask Alex segment and our talkback line open on one 316 316 Alex, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Great to be with you. Alex, we are all affected by what's happening and you've just got to listen to the news headlines. Uh, We are now moving into a new phase, navigating a higher interest rate world. I wonder if we might just start a little bit of foundation here about why rates might be rising as they are right now. Your thoughts?
0: Yeah, well, look, we're coming to the end of really a sort of a 30-year downtrend of interest rates. Some listeners may have had a home loan back in 1990 when rates were 17 or 18%, and, of course, home loan rates dropped down to you could get a loan last year at under 2%. Um, so what's what's now happening is that's that's ended and really the question is what's caused it to end and what's causing rates to now start to tick back up. And most central banks around the world have a target inflation rate. Uh, and that sits at around two to three percent. So just to uh, just to sort of unpack what does that mean. Inflation is, uh, the way you feel inflation is through a rise in the cost of living. And most central banks are trying to get it to rise by two to 3% per annum. Uh, They don't want it to go negative uh, because they don't wanna see asset prices uh, spiral downwards. Um, But the simple question is what, what actually causes inflation? And generally it's when there is more demand than supply. And what's happened over the last few years, particularly with COVID and many of the COVID policies. Now, of course, you've got the war issue, and so forth is you've had all these supply chains cut off, whether it's uh, food, uh, you know, oil. Uh, we've had um, you know goods and services have been disrupted significantly, and so there's now a lack of supply. So it's not so much excess demand, but just lack of supply, and that's caused prices to rise dramatically. Um, you know, Australian inflation rate, the figure that came out um, a few weeks ago was that was at five percent. If you're in America, it's 8.6% came out the other day. Uh, and Europe is very similar to that. Um, the problem, of course, for Europeans, though, is their their cash rate is actually negative half a percent. So any money they have in the bank, the real rate of return, i.e. after <laughs> after inflation, is about minus 9%. So uh, just <laughs> have a thing about that. For Australians, it's about minus 4% at the moment having cash in the bank. Uh, because of inflation so it's a very real issue not just for savers but also and retirees but also for for those who have who have loans who are now watching their home loans start to rise uh, very very quickly so it's very
1: interesting times so we've got inflation on the rise Uh, interest rates are putting the brakes on where are they heading Uh, what are your predictions Alex Cook Uh, Well, it's always dangerous to predict. And and my
0: policy is no one actually knows. Um, However, economists are paid to predict. uh, And the average economist in Australia now is predicting the cash rate to be at 2.75% by this time next year. Now, to put that in context, it was only 0.1 of a percent six weeks ago. And now you've had two rate rises, and they're expecting it to be 2.75. Now, if you think about that from a homeowner's perspective and someone with a mortgage, effectively it means you could add 2.75% to your current home loan, whether that's a variable loan or of course when your fixed loan expires, you can expect uh, the rate to jump quite significantly. So that is, that's that's a, uh, a very big steep rise that will have a very um, tough effect on people's household cash flow. Um, the futures market, on the other hand, is actually predicting even more. It's predicting the cash rate to rise to 3.7%, which would take some people's home loans closer to 5 or 6%. Now, these are all just predictions. It's not what the Reserve Bank will actually do. Um, what people have to remember is the Reserve Bank has to be very careful because... They don't want to damage the economy, and by putting up rates too much or too quickly, they'll do. Uh, they'll drive the country into recession, which I suspect is a very, very high probability now. Um, certainly globally, um, and that would have a very negative effect on, on you know people's uh, you know jobs and so forth. So we, you know, no one wants a recession, although they are a normal part of the business cycle. So the basic expectation, though, is rates are going to rise, and they're going to rise fairly swiftly, and uh, much more than what people expect. And I think the the really disappointing thing, for particularly for people who have bought houses in the last uh, 12 months, is the Reserve Bank said, literally in November last year, that they weren't going to put up rates until 2024. So most people buying houses thought they had two years to sort of you know dig down and, and put put as much against the mortgage as they could. But six months later, they're already seeing a a very big spike in rates already. And uh, there's no wages growth to go with it. You know, wages aren't rising dramatically.
1: Alex, some concern that the Reserve Bank, as you say, uh, even as close as last November, saying that rates wouldn't be rising until 2024, some are concerned that the Reserve Bank has misled uh, the people, about the future. Any thoughts here? Yeah, look, I, I've been a, a long-term critic of the central bank. Uh,
0: and the reason for that is that uh, when the GFC hit back in 2008, they, they brought rates down sharply. Uh, they brought them down to 4% very quickly and they referred to them as emergency rates. So I don't know what they called them when they got to 0.1% but nonetheless, they've brought them down way too much over the last ten years, and that's had a few really significant impacts for retirees. Most retirees want to have some of their money in safe assets like, uh, you know, cash and bonds, and they've been earning nothing. You know, they've been lucky if they earn half a percent on their defensive assets. So it's had a huge effect on retirees. But then, of course, there's there's borrowers, and in particular, you know, young people wanting to get into the housing market by the fact that they've lowered rates so much has driven house prices to, you know, nosebleed levels. And I think that has had a very significant impact. And now many of those people, and as, as you know, Neil, you and I have been warning for years on this program in previous interviews um, about the level of debt and the fact that from a biblical point of view, it can lead to slavery. And so my concern is by lowering rates as much as they did, it drove many people into the housing market, borrowing very large amounts of money, and unfortunately, the day of reckoning has now arrived. And rates are going to rise, and many of those people will find themselves into difficult things. And of course, the competency issue that I'm concerned with is: firstly, they lowered them too much; now they're going to raise them too quickly, and a lot of people who, you know, they're managing the economy for, in theory, for their benefit, are now going to, um, you know, suffer unnecessarily. And so. I think it's it's very unfortunate the way that it's ever got to this point.
1: Interestingly, Alex, uh, I know that even as you say, uh, started warning about these things over years, uh, that's come in the context of uh, when we do ask on this program, how do we apply a biblical wisdom to what's happening in our financial circles and circumstances. Mm. And and uh, that whole issue of uh, don't become too heavily indebted because slavery is the other side of that, this is the mm. application of that biblical wisdom. So uh, for listeners, uh, you know, some listeners just joined us, missed some of those warnings that have come over the years. But the impact mm. now on homeowners, uh, because while we might say there has been some biblical wisdom that's been shared on this program, how do we get some biblical wisdom now with the impact now that there is this change coming?
0: Yeah, look and this look I think th- there's some good news and we're in a situation where it's still early days yet. And so people have options available to them. Um, so there's no question that as rates rise, a significant uh, portion of the population will experience what is called mortgage stress. Uh, mortgage stress is generally defined as where more than 30% of your income goes in mortgage repayments. And of course, as interest rates rise, it consumes more and more of your budget. So that that's that's sort of a, a given in terms of what's going to be, uh, you know occur in the coming 12 months. Um, but the question I think then should become is, well, how do you protect against it, how do you mitigate against it? And so there's a a couple of uh, tips I'd firstly give people. Um, Firstly, and we've talked about this sort of thing before, about doing a budget, working out your surplus, and then saying to yourself, well, I know what my surplus is, now I'm gonna make extra payments against my home loan to really drive my debt down as much as I possibly can. So you can pay it off before rates really start to, uh, to take off. So that's the first thing. Get your debt down as quick as you can. The second thing, and this is always an opportunity, is consider refinancing your home loan for a better rate. Um, You know, you might want to consider fixing it, although fixed rates have jumped quite a bit in the last six months. But there's all sorts of things you can do here to just to tweak it and try and get a better deal, better rate, and throw as much money against your home loan as you possibly can. Now, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, you know, I can't really handle too much more in, in interest rates. You know, there, there may come a point for some people, and I'm not this is what this won't be most people, but it will be some people, where it is appropriate to consider selling your property to, to to get rid of the debt and to get rid of the stress. And I think that time would be sooner rather than later because you want to take advantage of the fact that house prices in Australia are extremely high in general. Now once again, we don't want to give anyone advice here because everyone's circumstances are different, but it's merely to say time, the, t- the clock hasn't run out yet. We're, there's still time to put in place uh, things to mitigate the risks that, as inflation rises. So still still opportunities and still things to, to think about and pray about uh, and to be a good steward with
1: the resources you have. Alex, lots of dimensions of our own financial positions impacted by rising interest rates. Uh, what about investors and the way that investors are not only into a property market and uh, have a mortgage, but, uh, you know, they're uh, into they're uh, buying bonds and uh, the stock market and uh, all sorts of dimensions to our finance. What about the impact on investors?
0: Yeah, so look, um, so far this year, the biggest area of impact has actually been the bond market. Uh, Interestingly, you know, most commentators don't talk too much about the bond market, which in one sense is a shame because it's actually much bigger than the stock market. Um, And and the bond market really, just just for listeners, is lending money to other people. You know, the two main types are government bonds and corporate bonds, and you're lending money to either the government or to a corporate. And and really, bonds have been in a 30-year bull market because... Uh, the way bonds work is you receive a coupon or an interest rate when, when you hold a bond, uh, and those rates have been getting lower and lower. And at the same time, the, the, the yield you get and the price are inverse to each other. So bond prices have essentially been rising for 30 years. And what's happened in the last 12 months is it's now gone the other way. Now, to give you an example, the most popular bond that people will follow is the Australian 10-year bond that yield has gone from 1% to 4% in 12 months, and most of it in the last three months. Now, that when you flip it around, say what's that meant for bond prices? Well, it's a loss of capital of about 12%. So the bond market has fallen quite significantly in the last three months. Now, eventually that'll create opportunities. I think it's premature yet, because obviously we don't know how bad inflation's gonna be and how long it's gonna last, etc. but certainly that's a real big issue. Um, the crypto market. and Anyone who's been watching crypto in the last uh, two, three weeks, it's been uh, it's been plummeting. Uh, the, the only thing that hasn't yet, and it's starting to a little bit, is the share market. The Australian share market's down about seven or eight percent. I suspect it's going to be down quite a bit today, um, and it's most likely that the share market would fall quite a bit as well. U.S. markets have already tumbled quite a bit. They're in what we call a bear market. Now just, just for listeners, there's two main types of markets that you hear people often refer to in the newspaper. There's bear markets and bull markets. A bull is a market that you know that's rising. A bear market's one that's that's falling. Um, and we're now entering what we call a bear market. Now the challenge with the bear market is you don't know how long they're going to last, you don't know when they're going to, you know, you, we don't know when they're going to end and we don't know how asset how much asset prices will fall. In saying that, there will be plenty of good opportunities that come out of this. So once again, you know, people get very nervous with the headlines and what they see, but it's always important to to be, you know, to be, you know, manage your risk, be 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 careful about how you go about things, but also see it as an opportunity to acquire assets. That, were, that are still good assets, they're now just cheaper. So that's all that's gonna happen. You're gonna see a transfer of wealth to some degree and you're gonna see good quality assets sell for less. So it's actually an opportunity. Now, I think that opportunity is probably premature at this point, so I wouldn't be rushing out to buy things, um, but it will, it will certainly come as, uh, as the, the
1: economic conditions get tougher. Alex, let me take you back to something you said just a little earlier in our conversation uh, when we were saying, you know, and I asked you what's your prediction uh, around the interest rates and you said, well, you know, we're not in the, you know, you can never really know, you can't really tell. Uh, but let me come back to uh, where you think we're heading here because you said something a little earlier in our conversation. You said that the Reserve Bank is likely pushing us uh, towards a recession, so uh, we might be hoping that we could avoid that. But uh, your thinking and uh, your observation is that we're headed that direction.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, the certainly, and it's it's, it's really a global thing because it's happening. Uh, this this same issue of rates rising and inflation is being repeated across the world. Um, but the problem central banks have. Is they have to decide what, what's worse. Are they going to allow this inflation to uh, continue to run or are they going to try and bring it under control? By bringing it under control too quickly, they run the risk of, of putting up rates too fast and slowing the economy down uh, too quickly and putting it into recession. That's, that's the risk. Um, given their track record, I, I actually think the probability of recession is very, very high. And I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Australia's been much more resilient than other nations, but I think um, we're long overdue for one. We've had very mild ones with uh, with COVID and the GFC because Australia has chosen to release enormous stimulus policies during those uh, strange events. Uh, but I think realistically now we're going to see... Um, Recessionary type conditions. There's, there's lots of risk out there, particularly in the property market. You know, you're seeing many office buildings around, you know, Sydney and Melbourne, where many people still haven't gone back to work um, from, uh, you know, from the, you know, now, now that COVID sort of subsided, and, and that means those buildings at the end of the day are going to be when their leases expire, those things are going to be put back on the market, or are those buildings going to be, you know, repurposed. I, I don't know, but there's certainly uh, all the warning signs are there that high rates are going to push us into recession. And I think the main thing is this average Australian consumer is so indebted now, and as people have heard me say before, we're the second most indebted nation on earth at a household level, and that just means more and more of people's budgets are going to be consumed by interest repayments, which means it's going to the bank rather than going to consumption. You know, Rather than buying new things, it's going to go towards um, just servicing debt. And that will slow the economy down significantly.
1: Well, almost out of time, Alex. But come back to a spiritual foundation here, even a biblical foundation, because as we've discussed so many times on this program, we're often inclined to separate our finances from our faith. When you've Mm. got God as partner with you in your financial security uh, there's got to be some strengths in there. How do you reflect Absolutely. how important it is to, at this time, when you are facing some uncertainty for the future, uh, to have God right there in the mix with you? Uh,
0: it's, it's critical, but the, some of the principles that I think that are important here is that, firstly, we acknowledge that the money that we have is God's. Um, and it's from God, you know, he blesses us all and we all have different amounts, but it's a blessing from him and we are called to steward it on his behalf. So understanding that the real owner of the money we have is God's. And in one sense, that's, uh, that's an accountability thing, but it's also a relief in one sense, because, Hey, um, you know, actually God's in control here and he's going to help me through, um, so that's the the first thing. So one is the ownership issue, acknowledging it's God's. Second thing is to say, well, given that it's God's, how am I going to steward this to the best effect? How am I going to bless my family? You know, you've got to make sure you look after your family. You've then got to say, well, how am I going to build God's kingdom, and how am I going to help people in in need during this tough season? So it's. An opportunity, I think, when seasons like this come along to reflect on Am I using the money that God has put in my hand? Am I using it well? Am I glorifying Him with it? You know, in other words, am I pointing to Jesus with the way I'm using my money? Am I being generous with it? And I think having this sort of stewardship mindset that you are looking after the money on behalf of God, trying to achieve His purposes with it that um, should take it off. In one sense, you could say it's an accountability and a burden. It's not meant to be a burden. It's actually a privilege to be able to look after the money on God's behalf and to see it as a tool for doing good. At the end of the day, God gives us money so that we can do good with it. You know, A theme on our website, if anyone's ever seen it, is do well, do good. You know, God wants us to do well so that we might be a blessing to others, extend his kingdom uh, and help those in need. And this is going to be a real opportunity for that
1: um, over the coming season. Well, we'll be relying on a lot of great wisdom on this Tuesday Ask Alex segment because times may be getting tougher through the rest of this year. And Alex Cook, uh, all always appreciate your uh, fine, uh, divine wisdom on... How the finances work with that biblical foundation that you have so strongly. Uh, Alex, the founder of Wealth with Purpose, and uh, if you want to follow Alex, you can connect with him at wealthwithpurpose.com. Uh, we often will say free ebooks, the My Toolkit, there are free video content uh, clips there and podcast content too. Uh, you can access those at wealthwithpurpose.com. You can follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There is an askalex at wealthwithpurpose.com email. Alex Cook, wonderful getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing with us today on 2020.